What does it mean for us that God is truly a God who's present, God who's truly here with us? What does it mean that God, that we have God in our hearts? What does it mean for us? What does it mean for us that we're able to worship and honor him, to experience his presence or even just to know him? And you know, and here it is, you know, from the book of Leviticus today, as you know, yesterday we spoke of the feast days, which the Lord incorporated into the daily life of his people, that they would remember, that they would remember, that they would have that you know, remembrance, not just a memory, but a living memory, a memory that not only recalls the past event, but also we experience again and again, that special type of privilege that God gave to the people of God, who the Hebrews, he revealed himself to them and he was there for them and he wanted them to remember the great events of which formed their history, formed their awareness. And today, um, one of the elements of that revelation that God gave, it wasn't just every year that they should celebrate, but they should celebrate every 50th year. So first of all, there should, should have been, according to scripture from the book of Leviticus, so we have, first of all, seven weeks, which is like Sabbaths. Every seventh year, the, the, the people were instructed to, to not to take advantage of the land, to give the land some rest so they can produce more nourishment. And, and you know, right now we sort of make up for that with all kinds of fertilizers and so on. But, but, but before it was not, so they would give the land a rest and then seven, of those sabbatical years, which means 49 years, not only was the land to be given this rest, but, but even more so that on this 10th day of the seventh year, beginning on the day of atonement, and as you know, the day of atonement is, is asking the Lord for his mercy, for his forgiveness, for everything that they have done. And so on the day of atonement, on the beginning of the 49th year, it will go through the years, through the 50th year. So this 50th year, you shall make sacred by proclaiming liberty in a land for all the inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee year for you when everyone of you shall return to his own property, everyone to his own family estate. And so what we have is this 50th year was like a special gift to everybody. Um, if you were a servant or slave, you'd be free. If you have become indebted and you had all kinds of debts, all the debts would be removed. If you had lost your property because of mismanagement, whatever it is, uh, you, you receive the property back. So it's an incredible gift to the people of God. This is a true justice that, you know, God understands that human beings mess, mess things up through sin, through whatever, negligence, whatever it may be that all the things that they have done, it will be given back to them. Their property, everything that they owned, whatever was returned, and their families could be brought back because sometimes people would even sell their own you know, family members or they would give up because they want to have the money for, for, to make up for the debts they had they owned. So everything was returned back. I mean, it was like a resetting of a perfect kind. And, and so, so this is what the, the Old Testament did during this Jubilee year. And so even, even when you were buying property, 
and you were buying property, let's say on the you know, 30th year, it would be much cheaper because you could only keep it for another 20. And if you bought it at the year, let's say first year, and you had to wait 50 years, it would be a very high price. Now, if you were to buy it the year just before the Jubilee, you would pay just a tiny little portion. And so it was like a truly, uh, you know, just systems. Now, but the church inherited this Jubilee year, not only every 50, year, 50 years, but the church introduced several other additional type of Jubilee years, Jubilee year of redemption. So we you know every 33 years, so be 10, not only a year, like a year 1000 or like remember we celebrate Jubilee of year 2000, the millennial, second millennium, and but also we would celebrate uh, in, 19, in 2033, we're gonna celebrate another one because the Jubilee of redemption. And, and Holy Father, Pope Francis initiated, he didn't wait 25 years, he initiated this whole year of mercy. Remember the Jubilee of mercy, which started on the year 2015 and it continued to 2016. And this Jubilee year of mercy was to emphasize the fact is that we as human beings have to enter again to the doors of mercy, to receive God's mercy, to, to, to make up. Because Pope Francis at that moment said that the humanity, the world is really in need of God's mercy. If we don't go to the doors of mercy, we have to go through doors of justice. And so remember that, that whole, the, the, the document of in, uh, of in, 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 in the document of, of introduction to this whole year. And the Pope explained that, he said that Jesus desires to open the door of mercy and the Father shows us the depth of his merciful love. And so Pope Francis at that time says, God, I felt that God wants us to experience his mercy because humanity, his dear children need it. He does not wish anyone to perish, but to have eternal life. His desire is that we would come to know that he is our father and that we should not be afraid of him, but that that father also desires that we would be more merciful to each other, merciful like the father. Remember that code, merciful like the father. We may even remember the emblem for that year of Jubilee of mercy. And so it is that Jesus Christ is the face of the Father's mercy. These words might well up, sum up the mystery of Christian faith, mercy. Mercy as being that mercy become living and visible in Jesus of Nazareth, reaching its culmination in him. And so we can turn to our Father, Father of mercy, because we do need to recognize him as a loving, merciful Father who will never abandon us, who will always be there for us. And so this was, the, as, I, as I say, it's kind of remembering it, what took place five years ago. And, and, uh, and perhaps we have already forgotten because pandemic just remove everything from us. We don't remember anything, you know, uh, and you know, even, even right now, the only thing that we see is, is the fear of, 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 you know, of the pandemic spreading. Uh, in many ways, I think, the call that the Lord gave us through the church, through Pope Francis, was that we be mindful that he is merciful. No matter what happens, he will always be there for us because ultimately our life here on earth is only transient and we are to prepare for eternity. And this is why 
Pope Francis wanted us to, you know, to remember. And of course, it wasn't just the Pope Francis, but Jesus himself, through the revelation of St. Faustina, he spoke. If you do not wish to enter through the doors of justice, then enter through the mercy, through the doors of mercy. And then in the St. Faustina's diary, we also hear, this is the time of mercy. God gave us this time. We can say, well, is, is pandemic sort of part of this gift of mercy? I, I would just say that I'm, I'm absolutely pandemic is a, is a gift, perhaps as a for purification, I do not know. I know it's a curse on one level because people are sick and, and dying. Uh, but also on the, other, on the other hand, you know, ultimately we are living for God. We live for him. And I think that, you know, that, that somehow God in his mercy looks upon us. Whatever that means, you know, we cannot, we cannot just say that God has forgotten us. So we live with the awareness as the Old Testament says today to us, that God has provided for us a special time, starting with Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, a Divine Mercy Sunday, that we would be able to re-enter again, you know, the gift of God's love that has no bounds that he wants us to be with him. Now, the, the, the gospel today, as we see um, the, the opposite of what mercy is, the opposite of what Jubilee is. You know, John the Baptist, it dies because Herod, on one hand, he did respect him in some fashion, feared him, but feared him because people liked him and he didn't want to be unpopular. But when it came to, to making a decision, um, you know, you know, because of his daughter dancing well, you know, he was all under probably a lot of wine in his head. He didn't even know what he was doing, but he was de de delighted in, in, in this sort of dance that, hers, that the, his, not his daughter, but the daughter of Herodias did. And so he promised all kinds of things. But the, the, the cruelty within him is that he was able to dispatch order you know, to eliminate John the Baptist. I mean, do you see the cruelty in that? There's no mercy there. There's no mercy. You know, Herodias uh, did not like the fact is that John reminded him of the principle of moral life. You can't, you know, you can't take your brother's wife and just make her your wife. You know, you can't do this. You cannot do it. And, and so both Herodias and ultimately Herod uh, the Tetrarch, he uh, destroyed and eliminated the life of St. John Baptist. But as we can see here is this, his disciples came and took away the corpse and buried him. And they went and told Jesus. They, they shared that grief, the pain of our Lord Jesus, because they, for them, it was way too, too painful. Now, the last thing is today as we honor St. Ignatius of Loyola. And um, I had the privilege of, of uh, doing the 30, 33 days, I'm sorry, 30 days of Ignatian retreat. It was a powerful experience because for 30 days you don't talk to anybody. You, um, you see the spiritual director for 30 minutes per day and then you just pray the scriptures. You pray the scriptures. You meditate four hours of meditation on scripture alone. And, and, and what it is, is a, is a powerful experience guided by what is known as St. Ignatius, 30, 30 days of exercises. 
and and it is interesting. I'm not too sure. You know, I was in a seminary just before I took my perpetual vows, which was much easier. I said, I'm not talking to you for 30 days. So whoever it was, I didn't have to worry about that. And somebody called me, he's on 30 days, so he doesn't talk. But at any rate, um, the experience was so powerful because we know that God, in his love for us, he will do everything for us. So Ignatian retreat, as you meditate on scripture, what happened is there's a continuous dialogue with the Lord. There's a continuous dialogue. And, he, and we look at our life in the past, what we did, the experiences we had, things which are still reminding us, the wounds that we obtained, all the things will be there, will be brought to the fore. And, and they have to be examined again and again from the perspective of our Lord's life, from his teaching, from the, the mysteries of, of his uh, salvation. We look from the perspective of that. And so we have an experience that the Lord wants us to have. And I'm not saying that, that the three days were not without trial. There's a moment when I have to rededicate myself to the Lord, that he is the only one, that he'll be the only one. I went through trials. I went through trials because, you know, you, you place yourself, you place your whole life before the Lord. And, and you say, whatever happens, I don't wish long life or short life. I don't wish anything. I don't. I don't expect anything. And and you know when you when you praise this, there's a type of trials which came, and 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 as they came without preparation, so they left without preparation. But I had to make during these moments of trials, I had to rededicate myself to the Lord. Now, I want to share something with you, Pope Francis today. As you know, he's a Jesuit. And he celebrated a special Eucharist in the Church of Gesù, which is the Jesuit Church in Rome. And he gave a beautiful homily today. I, I will not be reading it today, the whole thing, but if you want to go, read a wonderful homily. But I will address this couple of things that he said. First of all, he says, there are three simple thoughts I would like to leave with you today, to put Christ and the Church in the center to allow ourselves to be conquered by him in order to serve and to feel the shame of our limitations and of our sins in order to be humble before him and before the brothers. And he said, you know, Jesuits were founded and they put the, the IHS symbol, as you know. The IHS is not exactly Latin IHS, but it's a Greek, three, three Greek words, Jesus, J-E-S. Jesus. So that's the, that's the Greek. So I H H I H S is actually I, uh, you know, the G E and S in Greek. These are Greek capital letters. So first of all, he says, you know, this Saint, Saint Ignatius wanted the Jesuits to be so focused on Jesus alone, that he's the one. Okay, that's number one. And, and, and so is the centrality of Christ for each one of us has to be the centrality of, of giving ourselves to him. So, so spiritual exercises, uh, you know, uh, St. Ignatius in the spiritual exercises places our Lord Jesus, our creator and savior in front of us. And this leads us, the whole company of, of our Lord to be decentered, to have Christ more and more before us. God is always greater. And the, my, the, 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 you know, the, the, the intimacy that I have inside of me, the way I am, the Lord is even more intimate than I am to myself. 
is greater. So now, so that, what does it lead to us if we are to decenter ourselves, always looking at the Lord first, because otherwise we are in the center and our knees are at the center and everything goes around us, you know, perhaps maybe because of our own brokenness, whatever it may be, but that, that type of focus on ourselves actually doesn't help us. We are to be center, Christocentric, as the theological terms would say, to be centered on Christ. You know, since there is always the temptation that we place ourselves at our heart, so Jesus is to be the center of our heart. And this center cannot, Jesus can never leave that center of our life because otherwise our perspective is lost. So Christ is our center. The centrality of Christ corresponds also to the centrality of the church. The two, there are two flames that cannot be separated. Love of God, love of neighbor, or love of Christ and love of the church. You know, in our own, as Marians, we do have the emblem for Christ and the church. For Christ and the church. That we are to be focused on Christ and the church. And Pope Francis says that this is a flame of love, which is one. They cannot be separated. That flame of love for Christ and the church has to be one. And, and, and so, because the service of Christ and the service of church can never be, can never be separated. Now, he speaks, Pope Francis speaks of this double centrality. I place myself at the center of Christ and Christ places himself at the center of my heart. Because we can, we can choose him, but he has to give himself to us. And so he speaks of this double centrality that I want, to, want him to be right in the heart of my life. And the Lord wants himself to be at the heart. So he wants to give me, my, give, me give himself to me. So because, you know, uh, it's Jesus because he sought me first, because I was conquered by him. And this is the heart of our experience is the Lord, not because I chose him, it's because he chose me. And I'm responding to the grace that he gives me because I'm not able to choose him by myself. And so, you know, Pope Francis makes sure that he sees that corrective right away because sometimes it will be, I'm the one who's doing this. No, God is the one who's doing for me. And he's giving me these graces and these gifts give me life because I did not ask to be born, but God gave me life through my parents, he gave me a gift, and he's giving me also the gift of eternity. And so finally, Pope Francis says, not only that we allow ourselves to be conquered by Christ, that means we always wish to be directed by him, that, that he will be driving our vehicle of our life, that he will be the driver, that we allow him to drive, and we discern what that means each day by asking him, Lord, you take care, you are you're the one that I'm not able to do things by my mind myself, but you're the one who can do so for me. So placing ourselves uh, at, at his disposal. Now, then finally, the third element is whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And so again, here, the third element is that we will look at ourselves from the perspective of, of our own sin, from the perspective of our own shortcomings, from the perspective of that which we have failed to do as we begin Mass each day. So when you look at that from that perspective, 
there's a type of shame that comes. Why am I not there? Why am I not responding? Why am I just so focused on myself that I'm not able to see uh, the Lord's grace or, or even to, to, uh, to see the needs of others? And so here it is, Pope Francis says, ask for the grace of shame, the shame that comes from the constant dialogue of mercy with him, the shame that makes us blush before Jesus, the shame that puts us in tune with the heart of Christ, who's made sin for me, the shame that harmonizes our heart in tears and accompanies us in the daily following of my Lord. And this always brings us as individuals and as company to humility, to living this great virtue, humility that makes us understand each day that it is not for us to build the kingdom of God, but is always to, it is always the grace of God working within us. Humility that pushes us to put our whole being not at the service of ourselves and our own ideas, but the service of Christ and the church. Like clay pots, fragile, inadequate, insufficient, but having within them an immense treasure that we carry and that we communicate Christ within us. Uh, again, I read you some excerpts, but the, 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 the whole homily is very, very beautiful. If you can do it, go online. Pope Francis's homily on St. Ignatius today, which he did it earlier. As you know, Rome is six hours ahead of us. So I, as I looked quickly at, at, um, at you know, Ignatius, and I have discovered that, you know, the Holy Father did something special. And I, when I read it, I wanted to share this with you. What is the Lord asking us today is to know that the Lord is here with us. He chose us. He wants us to know that he will be there for us and that he'll act. But we have to, since we have freedom, we allow him to act in us. We have the freedom and we can choose him. We can say yes to him. But if we say yes, do it wholly, completely, not be afraid, not to be afraid and allow the jubilee of grace, the jubilee of mercy, which is every day for us when we celebrate the Eucharist. It's a special gift. God comes to us, freeing us from sin, freeing us from our own human brokenness, limitations. And yes, it is like little partial gifts. It's not complete always. It's always like a little bit he gives us at a time, a little bit of a time. And then we find ourselves just like a, you know, tree that grows a little bit of time. No one can see it, but it, sometimes later, 20 years later, we see, oh my God, this little, little, little seedling became so big. Same with grace. God gives us the Eucharist and grace each moment until we are truly the tree of life that Christ has formed in us, that God has prepared for all eternity to be with him. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.
Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.